Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, who has blessed us in Christ with every spiritual blessing in the heavenly places. Amen. Word of God for our study this Sunday is one verse from our first lesson, Genesis 22:14. Abraham called the name of that place the Lord will provide. So it is said to this day, on the mountain of the Lord it will be provided. This is the word of the Lord. Dear brothers and sisters in Christ, so Abraham called the name of that place the Lord will provide. I wonder if Isaac was inclined to give it a different name. Something like, the place where my dad almost sacrificed me until the Lord stopped him. You can at least imagine that that place, if if Isaac ever went back, had some vivid and highly charged memories associated with it. But ultimately, he would have had to stick with what his father Abraham had called it, because that was the description that really mattered. In a sense, it wasn't even true that Isaac was almost sacrificed, because God was never going to let that happen. He was always going to provide a substitute sacrifice to take Isaac's place on the altar, although, of course, Abraham didn't know that or any of those details until it happened. Now, young Isaac may may not have understood that very well, but after that unusual event on the mountain, older Isaac would never have lacked for evidence or reason for confidence that the Lord will provide whatever is needed for those who put their trust in Him. We can be thankful that we never have to be in the position young Isaac was in, not just in danger of being sacrificed, but most importantly, in the uncertainty of not knowing that the Lord will provide. The Scriptures are full of proof that this is true and and always true. For, For 40 years of wandering in the wilderness, God miraculously provided His people with food manna, and and water. For he, he even made sure that their sandals and clothes didn't wear out in all that time. Uh, countless times when the Israelites were under threat from, from raiders or invading armies, the Lord provided a hero to lead them or, or a miraculous solution to their troubles. During the famine that God sent during the time of King Ahab, he provided food for his prophet Elijah, a poor widow, and her son by making sure her supply of flour and oil would never run out. Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego in the fiery furnace, and and Daniel in the lion's den, all had their faith rewarded when the Lord provided deliverance from what seemed to be certain death. For 40 days, God sustained Jesus while he was being tempted and tested. When crowds of 5,000 plus and later 4,000 plus who had come to listen to Jesus and found themselves isolated in the wilderness and without food, Jesus miraculously provided them all enough to eat. When the Apostle Paul was shipwrecked and on his way, on his way to Rome, The Lord provided deliverance, not just for him, but for everyone on the ship with him. 
And all these examples, of course, from Scripture are, are just a sampling. But the most important evidence of all that the Lord can be counted on to provide for what we need is, is not another, well, excuse me, is another sacrifice. Only this one was, was not one in which the intended sacrifice was replaced by a substitute, but one in which the substitute was the intended sacrifice offered up in our place. That sacrifice was God's Son, who was also a son of Abraham through Isaac and Jacob and Judah and many generations up to Mary of Nazareth. And the need that this sacrifice met was the greatest need that any of us has and the greatest need that the world has ever had. Whether you are as outwardly righteous as Mother Teresa or as outwardly evil as an Osama bin Laden, you are by both nature and practice a sinner. And sinners by definition have no place with God, not in heaven or on earth, because He is perfectly holy and sin is imperfection and wickedness combined. Indeed, what you and I deserve because of the things that we have done and left undone, because of all the ways in which we have failed to live up to the standards our Creator has set for us, is death and damnation. The price for our disobedience is our lives. But God, who is just and holy, is also loving and merciful. And so he did not want this to happen for you or for me. And he did not want the world to remain unredeemed and without hope. So he sent his son. Jesus Christ was born of Mary, God and man in one person, so that he could perfectly solve our problem of gross imperfection. He lived a righteous life of absolute obedience in our place, which only He as the sinless Son of God could do. And He suffered and died an absolutely unrighteous death in our place, which He had to be a Son of Man to do. Jesus was sacrificed on the altar of the cross as our substitute, as the Lamb of God who takes away the sin of the world his blood was poured out and, and His life given up to pay the price of our guilt. And now, because of His sac sacrifice, we live even more surely than Isaac lived after the ram took his place on Abraham's altar. We have gained not a reprieve for life on earth, but have gained a guarantee of eternal life with Jesus in paradise. Our sins have been forgiven. His righteousness has been made ours. There is no obstacle anymore between us and heaven. And Christ's Father, who is our Father, invites us to live with Him forever in bliss and perfection. The Lord has provided for our greatest need in the greatest way. And from that great truth, 
we can draw a great conclusion of faith. As Paul said in our reading today from Romans 8, Indeed, he who did not spare his own son, but gave him up for us all, how will he not also graciously give us all things along with him? The Lord will provide. He provided everything that Jesus needed in the wilderness. He provided everything that Paul needed as he suffered opposition and persecution and worse as he preached the gospel and made disciples throughout the world. And Paul promised his Roman readers that that God would also provide everything they needed, no matter what challenges, hostility, or suffering they might face. What Abraham learned in a most vivid way, we know in a most perfect way, the Lord will provide. And we know that. And we have that knowledge confirmed in an ever stronger faith through what we might easily call the greatest blessings God has given to the church after its Savior Jesus. The means of grace. The gospel that we hear and read in the Bible tells us how our sins are forgiven, how God loves us, what He did for us, what awaits us in eternity because of His love and what He did. And and in every way, that gospel in the Bible grows, guides, and empowers us for our lives as Christians. The gospel in, in baptism gives it the power to wash away our sins and, and renew us, puts God's name on us and, and gives us a place in His family. And the gospel in the Lord's Supper changes mere bread and wine into a sacramental feast in which we receive with them Christ's body and blood given and shed for us for the forgiveness of our sins, for life and for salvation. Every spiritual need that we have is satisfied for us in these great gospel gifts. The Lord provides for us with the means of grace. This congregation's issuance of a call to a new pastor yesterday has undoubtedly impressed upon many of you the reality of the change that is coming soon. But this will not change with my departure or a new pastor's arrival. This The means of grace will always be essential to your lives individually as Christians and to your life together as Christ's Lutheran Church. Getting caught up with all the duties and distractions of your job and school and housework and family and the news and Netflix and neglecting your own time with with God's Word or worship or partaking of the Lord's Supper Well, that's a surefire way to weaken and starve your faith precisely when you need it to be the strongest. And in the same way, getting caught up in all the obligations and uncertainties of a change in pastors or perhaps even a long vacancy and forgetting the primacy of what this congregation has gathered around and what gives it its life, the Word and the sacraments, Well, that will set the church back precisely when it most needs to be moving forward 
in faith. So use the means of grace. Value, trust, enjoy, treasure. Read, remember, wash, take and eat, take and drink. Use the means of grace the Lord has so lovingly provided you. And it is in the Word that we are told, and in the sacraments that our our confidence is strengthened, that the Lord's power and desire to bless us and care for us far, far outstrips our ability to ask and any need that we might have. The section of Romans 8 that we read earlier makes that point explicitly and excitedly. If God is for us, who can be against us? What will separate us from the love of Christ? Will trouble or distress or persecution or famine or nakedness or danger or sword? No. In all these things we are more than conquerors through him who loved us. For I am convinced that neither death nor life, neither angels nor rulers, neither things present nor things to come, nor powerful forces, neither height nor depth, nor anything else in creation will be able to separate us from the love of God in Christ Jesus our Lord. But there may be other passages of Scripture that speak to you more powerfully of God's promises. Perhaps it's Psalm 23's beautiful picture of the Lord as our loving shepherd. Maybe it's Revelation's awe-inspiring pictures of what is promised us, paradise's peace and blessings. Perhaps it's Christ's assurances in the Sermon on the Mount that we are worth so much more to our Father than than sparrows or the lilies of the field. And if He takes care of them, He will most certainly take care of us. Whatever words or verses communicate it best for you, to you, the message is clear. And to be relied on for all things and in every need, the Lord will provide. That's not just a, a message that I want you to take to heart. I, I'm preaching it today to myself too. My mind has been overfull lately. Finding a home, purchasing a home, packing up, preparing for a new position, providing for this congregation in the transition, and so much more. So many times I slip into thinking about what, what I've got to do and, and wondering where I am going to find the answers or the resources or the money or the time or the energy and, and what am I going to do to make sure things go well for Christ Lutheran and its people when I leave. And I need to be, to remember and to be reminded every day, the Lord will provide. Not me. Not me. No, the, the one, the one who, who did not spare his only son, but gave him up for us all. He is the one who provides. And that same reminder goes for whatever you are wondering or worrying about. It's not all on you. Leave it all on the Lord. Trust God to do what He has promised to do and what He has time and again demonstrated both the power and the willingness to do. 
whether it's paying the bills or, or keeping things running here at church or, or, or teaching the kids or preserving your sanity at home or, or finding answers or direction or peace or comfort in your heart and mind, whatever it is, you, you can trust Him for whatever you need, exactly when you need it, exactly how you need it. You and I may never live on or visit the mountain of the Lord. But let it always be said and always be certain in our hearts, in our homes, and in this church, the Lord will provide. Amen. Please rise. Now to Him who is able, according to the power that is work within us, to do infinitely more than we can ask or imagine. To Him be the glory in the church and in Christ Jesus throughout all generations, forever and ever. Amen.